0: And welcome to our podcast, Changemakers Creating Impact for Wellbeing. We are your hosts, myself, Davina Ho, and Karen Kwong, co-founders of Corporate Wellness Partnership. Our mission is clear, to revolutionize well-being at work. We aim to challenge the status quo. Bored with poking around the edges of well-being at work, we want to demand real change within the workplace. And empower people at the top, people with influence, and people with stories like you to talk about your experiences of mental health, well-being, and diversity. We will go deep. We will have uncomfortable conversations. But most importantly, we will have conversations that come from the heart. Welcome to our first season, Uncomfortable Conversations.
1: So hello and welcome to our second Uncomfortable Conversation, everyone, whether you're tuning in live, I'll give you a few moments for everyone to do that or watching the recording. So hello, Robin, and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> and my co-host Karen Kwong here as well. So my name's is Sabina and I set up Corporate Wellness Partnership along with Karen earlier this year, and I'm pleased to present our second Uncomfortable Conversation. Last month on World Mental Health Day we did diversity and mental health at work and today we're going to be talking about parenting and work in the times of COVID. So some of the people I speak to have children, they found out that their employers have been really supportive during this time, giving them extra time off, maybe making their appraisal slightly easier, but then again on the other hand we've had awful stories and found that some employers have completely ignored the fact that work and home life has no boundaries anymore. So how do you navigate this world of work and parenting? So I'm super excited that we have parenting expert, Robin McMahon here. Robin's work focuses on building and strengthening the parent-child relationship so that children grow up with a resilience, confidence, and strong emotional intelligence. She works with parents to help them understand their own emotions and frustrations in parenting. So they can help build their children's sense of self without losing themselves in the process and in october 2018 robin released her first book and this is uh, something that i need to put on my um, book list to read for sure is the yelling cure how stress less and get your kids to cooperate without threats and punishment i think you should write one for dogs as well robin i have a dog and i Causalty of threats and punishments to get what I want to do.
2: <laughs> Same <laughs> uh, with my dog. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah <laughs> Her book is being read by parents all over the world. 300,000 copies have been sold to date. So, without further ado, how we're going to run this session is that uh, Karen and Robin are going to dive into a conversation, and I will be coming back for a short meditation at the end and also diving into some questions. So, with that said, I'm now going to pass it over to my co host, Karen Kong.
3: Thank you, Davina, and thank you so much again, Robin, for saying yes to uh, joining us on this really important topic. Um, As Davina mentioned, you know, the pandemic really exacerbated lots of things uh, for people in the workplace. And certainly, this is something that I think we've all been aware of for a long time, but because of the pandemic with lockdowns and the extra pressures on people, I certainly found with a lot of my clients and friends, was that so many parents were just being uh, sort of pulled from every direction. Mm. You know, at home, there was this huge push to be the perfect parent because the children were going through something massively different, but they themselves were going through something massively different as well with this adjustment. Mm. And there was this, you know, so much pressure just to be the perfect parent, but at the same time, juggling the demands from work. And, you know, it, it was just so much stress. And we just felt that actually, to be honest, parents to give them their due have been doing this all along. But this just got, you know, spotlighted during the pandemic. And so I guess, you know, my, you know, we were we were just so excited to have you because we wanted to talk about this. And, you know, my first question to you, Robin, would be what are the key challenges that face parents in, you know, not just in this pandemic, but in general? Um that would be really helpful for you to elucidate. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me and I'll give you, you know, aside from what Davina said, thank you for that introduction. I am a mom of two boys and I come to this work after being a really frustrated, overwhelmed mom and really angry and I yelled a lot. And so I just want the people listening to know that I don't come to this thinking that I have it all figured out. You know, this was a really tough journey for me from the beginning when I first had my first son and my two boys are are now 16 and almost 14 and uh, and so i just i want to say that and i and i come from a corporate career in marketing and so i have been in that corporate realm as well and so the kinds of things that that are facing parents right now and karen you're absolutely right is this sort of feeling like we need to be perfect and i you know i want to talk about parents in general but i know for sure that moms feel this way most, they're really hit the hardest, you know, and, um, and there is a lot of shame around that, like, we feel like we should know how to do these things. And we are up against things like the pandemic, which is something that is so new to us, especially, of course, at the beginning. And because our brains don't have anything to compare it to, we felt so lost. Then you add to that the fact that you know, there is something scary, something unknown that may hurt our children, may hurt us, may hurt our parents. Um, It's very scary and so anxiety is elevated. Then we're working from home. Then our kids are home from school. I mean, we had a bit of a break for most of us. We was sort of at the beginning of spring break and then there was, you know, a couple of weeks where we didn't really know what we were doing and then we had to settle into this homeschool which was a nightmare. I am trying to like, and I, I mean that in every way, in every sense of the word, it was a nightmare. And, and I heard somebody say that even if you have the most gifted teacher, it is still a boring TV show when you put them on a flat Zoom call or a Teams call, right? So I, it, it, is, it was absolutely brutal. You know, and then add to that the everyday stresses that when we're stressed, our kids are stressed. Then our kids are scared, right? For a lot of us, we have the news on twenty four seven, right, all the time. Because at the beginning, it was sort of addictive to hear all of the the news and the, you know, the updates and what was happening and all of this stuff. And so our fear is translated to our children one hundred percent. And then um, when our kids are stressed because they don't know how to deal with it they don't know what it is they can't understand it they can't articulate it it comes out as their behavior which then makes us more stressed which then we transfer their stress right then we also have to deal with the social media piece of things right that that is a sort of a general thing that we're dealing with which you know we're finding out more now about how we are up against for lack of a better word a diabolical system that is changing the way our kids act and learn about the world around them. You know, um, we used to be the biggest voice in our children's lives, and now that has changed, uh, is changing, and, uh, and that is, that's huge. It's a huge stressor. Plus, many people like myself uh, are in this sandwich generation that we're taking care of our adult parents and we're raising our family too. So there is a lot going on right now. And it is really hard and it's really complicated to bring up these kiddos. And um, you know, <laughs> what I always say really is that there's nothing wrong with asking for help. And so there's there's lots of things I have to say about how we can get help and what we need to do, but that's you know, that's just some of the challenges facing facing parents and then you add to that a workplace that may or may not understand your stresses a boss that doesn't understand your stresses as a parent maybe coworkers that don't understand that you know depending on what kind of a situation or a workplace you're in you may feel like you don't have a voice or you can't actually be honest about what's really going on and you have to pretend to be this certain way and that speaks to perfection again you know perfection as a as a parent, and that I also got to be perfect at home, I've sorry, at work, and I've also got to be perfect, the perfect spouse, I've got to look perfect. So there's all of this stress. And at the end of the day, we end up being overwhelmed, we are exhausted, and that directly affects how we show up at work, and how we show up for our kids in our parenting. And that's, it's not okay when we are stressed and overwhelmed and burnt out. That's the real pandemic, really.
3: I absolutely hear that um, Robin and you know that's the story we've been hearing from so many of our clients, our friends, our family, and so thank you for reiterating that and and actually kind of really highlighting that and you know it's really um, fascinating as well when, when, when you talk about how you know, that stress just seems to be almost like um, a virus in itself as you as you said you, you know you call yeah. it a pandemic in itself because you know it, it just all feeds off each other and it sort of ends up sort of growing and growing and growing and you know nobody's left untouched and yet quite often uh, what I'm hearing you're saying is as parents you're almost treated as if it's for you to solve and you know off you go and you know whether it's from friends or family or or whatever else and you you just have to get on with it Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that just sounds as you say just an incredible amount of pressure and you know this leads us on to the next question um, because as you mentioned in terms of managing relationships at work um, people assume so many things and they're sort of going you know Because what you're hearing is even with certain companies that are seemingly supportive, quite often they're like, yeah, we're supportive, but can you still just fit that in while (laughs) you're there, you know, sort of thing. And, you know, trying to juggle those relationships, it must be really, really difficult, whether it's from, you know, a different generation where they sort of feel that things like that should be left behind the scenes And then you have a group of people who are just like, well, we don't have kids, so why do we have to be so supportive of that person who has kids? Um, You know, that's just really difficult, and juggling all those other things, for example, and you know, and it could be even judgment from your own family, parents, going as grandparents, they might go, "Excuse me, well, you know, you know, why aren't you spending more time with my precious grandchild?" Mm -hmm. You know, that sort of thing. And so, I suppose my question is, how do you balance? those demands with the teams and the organizations need let's just start from a work perspective and then we'll move to the family
2: well and and i'll say in terms of judgment i think sometimes we're even judging ourselves you know because we're saying oh well my mom stayed home with me uh and and maybe I should have stayed home. Maybe that's what 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 good moms do. Good dads, you know, whatever. Moms usually are the ones that that say that, right? So, uh, so in terms of the workplace, you know, you're right. There there is this divide between those that have kids and those that don't. And I think that if you have a workplace that is good for parents, it's good for everybody because it means you have a workplace that listens to their employees, that uh, is is open to suggestion, open to understanding. What it is to be human in different stages of your life, right? We all need different things at different times. And you know, so you don't have kids, but that doesn't mean that yes, well, you're just free to do whatever you want, right? Or you do have kids, which means you're never free to do it. You know, that you can't paint people with the, the same brush. And so what I think is is of vital importance is a few different things that make great leaders and make great workplaces. And that is transparency, like just being able to say, hey, you know what, look, I, I am struggling right now or I have a child who's struggling right now. I remember when my son was struggling with mental health earlier on, I had so many appointments I had to take him to. And I remember my boss saying to me, well, are you the only one that can take him? (laughs) Like, can somebody else do it? Wow. So, whoa, right? So then that brings empathy. Like there needs to be empathy. You have to understand that this is hard for an employee if they're dealing with big things, single, with kids, without whatever it is empathy is crucial you've got to be able to put yourself in the shoes of another person even if you don't agree even if you don't understand imagine what it must be like to be in their shoes and then uh having some grace and some forgiveness and some you know having having you know uh, having a leader that just is willing to listen to understand you i think is really huge too not listen like listening without judgment right without assuming they know better or assuming they know the answer for you. And all of these have to come without repercussions, right? I've got to be able to be transparent. I've got to be able to have some flexibility. You know, if you give me empathy, you know, that's great and wonderful. And you really understand me, but then I don't get my promotion. I don't get a raise. Well, then what's the point, right? I will work hard for you if you treat me well, even if I'm asking for a little bit of flexibility, I will work hard for you so that that's
3: right yeah yeah no and that's really incredible that you say that because you know obviously these are things that require essentially what you're just saying is actually human skills right like this is just it, it this is like having a normal conversation with absolutely anybody this is just what if you relate with me whether we're in a workplace or at home or with your friends Can you just be a little bit kinder and a little bit, you know, just listen a bit and flex with me. I will flex with you. I mean, that's just the human relationship. And that's what Davina and I are trying to say, that actually organizations, the more we bring in the human rather than sort of this as, you know, this divide of, you know, them and us. I think it might just work a little bit better, but I'm going to throw a little bit of a spanner in the works here and just say, Robin, but you're also highlighting that you might have to put quite a lot of pressure on yourself as a parent to ask for these things. How do we sort of almost open up these conversations and for Davina and I in our work and in your work, Robin, to sort of, I guess, nudge line managers or whoever when you're asking for help? Because it takes, a it's also quite a brave, difficult conversation to have Mm -hmm. how do we make it so that the onus isn't just on you to create these conversations I mean is it about changing systems is it about change? do you see what I'm saying
2: I know exactly and I think that you have to have leaders that are willing to show up in a bit of a different way because the other thing that's happening and this is a really important thing for us to really really notice is that our kids are also looking at us right they look at us to to know how to act to know what to think and they don't do what we say, they do what we do. And they look at us and they see us stressed and miserable at our jobs. They hear us complaining about our bosses and they are saying, now we're looking at Gen Z saying, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna work like my mom does, right? Or my dad does, I'm not gonna do that, right? So we've gotta know that there needs to be a shift in general, right? That This hustle that we have, that we work so, so hard and, we still get just the regular paycheck, even though we've put in extra hours and extra effort and all this kind of stuff, right? So that's gotta change. And I think that's what the pandemic has shown us is that we can get the job done with flexibility at home without a big commute, and I can actually spend more time with my family. So there is a shift happening and the shift needs to take place with leadership, understanding that first, they need to see their employees as the whole person, not just as who shows up at work. Because whether you like it or not, if you're not acknowledging the, that, that the employee standing in front of you has a home life and that home life might include stress and incivility or may have a parent that is really sick or what whatever is going on with that person they're going to bring it to work and that's going to affect their ability to be productive to be alert to be enthusiastic you know to 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 really work to their best ability so it's in a company's best interest to understand who these people are inside the workplace and outside of the workplace. So that really comes with having good relationships with your people and listening to them, really listening to them. There is nothing better than having somebody who is willing to listen to your ideas, your thoughts, your worries and validate them for you and say, yeah, you know what, that does sound really hard. Even if they don't agree, like, wow, okay, I can see from your perspective that's really, a, that's really hard for you and that feels like connection that is connection and people feel valued and valuable when they are heard that is a basic like a core human need for us all right and that's how you start right and then from there you know you 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 do have to understand that you've got to really meet people where they are in their journeys right you know i'm not going to be the same employee that i am when my kids are five and three as they are when they're 16 and 14. Right. I definitely have more time when they're a little bit older because they don't want me around. And so, you know, giving me some grace and say, Hey, you know what? Like we love her so much. She is such a great, or he is such a great, uh, addition to the team and you know we know that sometimes she comes to work looking like she hasn't slept all night because she hasn't you know and we're not going to hold it against her we're just going to give her a little grace right we're going to give her a hug if she needs one or we're going to say hey here's another cup of coffee for you you know because
3: you um you look like you need it right that's music to our ears because actually one of Davina's greatest um drivers is, is, is trying to sort of educate line managers. Davina, I don't know if you want to sort of talk more about this and, and essentially just teaching them how to have, be more emotionally intelligent in their conversations. And um, Davina, do you want to expand on that a little bit more? Yeah,
1: Robin, you really um, hit home, I think, on a key point that both Karen and I are trying to address in the workplace, which is just having these human conversations and particularly at the emotional level. And, you know, I always give an example of grief, right? You bring yourself to work and, um, you know, if you don't have a mindful moment and I'm a meditation teacher, if you don't have these mindful moments at work and you don't have these moments of connection and you don't build this into the process of an organization, then how do you know that David over there on the other side, his father died yesterday and he's acting weird because his father died and he's not able to express that, you know, whereas if we all sit for five minutes going around the room and just checking in with everyone, we have this opportunity to meet each other at human level and okay, we're not meeting in rooms anymore, we're, it's where I think it's even more important now in the Zoom world to meet each other with this open mindedness, this mindful moment of just connection, like what's going on for you? And it's so, so important. So I'm so glad that you brought this up as a super important part of parenting, that the fact that maybe your colleague hasn't slept all night. And if, if you're watching this and you're, you know, just be open-minded to the fact that that's the case and you know don't give them a hard time don't ask them for the deadline just accept that you know yeah how are you with lack of sleep that empathy needs to be there right
2: yes you know I had something like that happen to me and I wasn't in 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 in, an, in a place of real awareness because my dad had just died and we had this huge event that we were launching it was a big deal we were launching it for the country and uh it had to be perfect and I remember snap and I'm not somebody who has a really bad temper and I snapped at somebody felt very um sure that that person deserved it at the time you know And thankfully this person was mature enough to call me, you know, a couple weeks later and say, you know, Robin, that was surprising that you kind of reacted that way. I just wanted to check in with you. Are you doing okay? And I just burst out crying. And I said, you know, my dad died six weeks ago. And, and we were both like, Oh, that's why, you know, like, I just didn't even think about it, right? And so just that, that, that kindness, that curiosity, like, that doesn't seem like you, like, what is going on, you know? And I've worked with so many people who are so smart, but they lack that emotional intelligence. And it, that's the part that matters, to be able to understand other people and yourself. And you're so right, Davina, in terms of that emotional piece, if we're not feeling them, we're shoving it down. And whether we like it or not, it's coming out somewhere, and it might just be all over your coworkers. You know, like with me, I didn't mean to, and I didn't realize it. And thankfully, I was given the grace. You know, so so
1: great to hear.
3: Yeah. No, and it's and it's so important, as you say. And you know, the, the theme that keeps coming back up is is just the fact that actually we have to. Essentially, what I'm hearing is that we have to put people over systems first, because actually they're what push it are People are the the, you know, people always talk about um, companies always talk about people as being the biggest assets of of any business or any organization. But yet we don't necessarily behave in that manner. Um, (laughs) People first um, should be important. Um, And the second thing is also. You know, but also if you think about how we're rewarded in terms of salaries, et cetera, you know, know, company values always come up on on websites and on marketing and all of that sort of stuff. But if you think about things like compensation, it's always on what you produce Mm -hmm. as opposed to your behaviors. But in actual fact, you know, your behaviors are what essentially determine whether or not something gets done well or average because Mm. you know if a team is functioning well and is you know um basically a whole organization or a whole individual you know you relate better with others and then the product is just going to be so much more extra right because you're going to go "Right, right I'm going to polish this really well so that it's going to like kind of you know bing or bam or whatever else, you know. Whereas if you're sort of not really engaged in your work, you're just going to go, yeah, I'm just sort of half doing it, etc. But yet those sorts of behaviors don't really get recognized within an organization. They typically just kind of, people just go, yes, well, yes, Robin, we want you to be a team player, but frankly, you're only going to get paid if you deliver on x, y, or Z. Yeah. Um, So, so, you know, Davina and I are also so keen on sort of looking at how that shift can happen, like how can we have those difficult conversations, how can we move things so that actually we address the things that really matter, because even if you turn around and say we're all about the money as an organization,
2: That would be honest at least, wouldn't it?
3: (laughs) Well, it would be, but even if you said that, I would be like, well, okay, so how do we bring in the how do we show the money? Well, actually, happy individuals, people with good mental, physical, financial, social, family well-being, they're the ones who are gonna step up, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. the ones who are gonna turn around and go, this organization is shifting in this manner. So we as humans are way more flexible as individuals to shift with you, as opposed to an AI machine that only knows how to respond one way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, you know, it's much more about treating the organization as individuals, as well as, as dynamic, putting people before systems and sort of saying, actually, we won't progress if we don't treat everybody with respect and to your point with grace, Um, yeah.
2: Absolutely, And, and I think that what's actually good for business is treating your people so that they are, show up with enthusiasm so that they wanna work there. And so what we have to do is we have to recognize that, okay, we've gotta be as honest as, as we can be. And, and, and that's what's great about you is you come into a corporation and you can sort of see, okay, where, where are there some deficiencies here, right? Because when you're in it, you may not realize it, right? Depending on where your position is in the company. Usually somebody knows, but if, 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 if you can recognize that and also to put yourself in a position where you are a leader in retaining and recruiting good people, it means that they have to be taken care of, right? If you, that's really, if, if you, if you really want to talk about money, that's where the money is, is the better, you know, the better you are to your people, the harder they'll work for you, the more they'll stay with you. And the more they will brag about how wonderful of a place it is to work to their friends, and you will get You will get the best talent and you will retain the best talent. And I would venture to guess that there are people that are willing to take a bit of a lesser paycheck to have transparency, to have flexibility, and have a working environment that is truly open and honest, instead of one where it is just you you go to work, you hustle, there's, you know, only if you make the numbers do you get recognized where there isn't a lot of love in the company, empathy, or any of those emotional um, intelligence, you know, pieces available.
1: Robin, I wanted to touch on a point you made earlier and you're kind of bringing up here, which is um, super important. And I think uh, needs to be addressed and that's women and mothers. So it can be either you have children or maybe you don't have children, but I feel like women are taking the burden of the pandemic Home, home life, um, school care, home, uh, schooling from yeah. home, all of this thing more. And um, what, what specifically do, advice do you have for, A, mothers, and, and B, organizations? How can you support um, those mothers in terms of, and we spoke a little bit about the emotional part as well, but, you know, and flexibility, but, you know, are there, are, are there other ways that women can be supported um and and that whole journey i think of motherhood you know having children and and rethinking careers and um, needs to be done from a much bigger level than than even just like homeschooling and, and taking your children some time off to look at your children's education but um you know what are what are your thoughts on on that that big trend of women leaving the workplace in girls because of the pandemic
2: there is a huge trend uh and and actually um according to the mom project, 43% of women will leave their careers when their home life becomes too complicated. They'll leave their careers. And it costs an estimated 30% of somebody's yearly salary to replace them, right? And what women bring, and so there's a bias against women who are moms or who maybe are in those child bearing years, maybe just gotten married, you know, you know that it's coming basically. Right. And, uh, and I think that you know there is a bias there whether you admit it or not that oh great you know she's probably going to you know this is going to be a problem later whether you admit it or not right you're thinking it I mean of course I'm not saying I wouldn't have thought it too but that you know she's probably going to go at some point have a maternity leave and depending on where you are in the world that maternity leave is going to be different uh, different amount of time here where I live it's a year and that's a significant you know time to be away and that has to be replaced hopefully it's replaced sometimes it's not But you also have to remember that, uh, that what women can bring to the workplace makes them natural leaders. And when you become a parent, you really do change who you are. Mothers really do change who they are, and they still have the same hopes and dreams as they always did. So this child, you know, for the most part, you know, maybe, yes, there will be some women that can can afford to leave and, and be with their kids. And that's, Understandable. But for me, when I had my kids, I still wanted all of the things that I wanted, right? That didn't change for me. And so we have to remember that women bring really great skills like negotiation skills, like empathy, you know, uh, like being able to, to, to bring strong emotional intelligence, right? We're not just here to take notes for your meetings, we're here to add things in as well, right? And so women make really, really good leaders, and they have these soft skills that actually really, really help in the workplace. And so we need to remember that about women first. And, you know, as a, as a woman, and 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 as you know, I've had all of you know these experiences in my myself as an entrepreneur, and then as a uh, you know as a professional. We do have to get over this perfection piece. We have to get over that that we it, it's okay to make mistakes. Like that is actually what it is to be human, and let's not forget that, right? And and that if you really want a good, happy life where you feel connected at home and at work and with your friends and with your family, we've got to let go of being perfect. And we have to ask for help, right? We have to ask for help. And I know that's not easy to do, right? Because it means that we're going to be vulnerable. But I can tell you that for a long time, I pretended like everything was okay for me with my work when it wasn't at home. Like, I just I I I'm I'm a sort of a friendly bubbly person anyway, but life was falling apart at home for me in my with my kids and um, and it wasn't until I actually was vulnerable with my boss and I said I got to tell you, like there's some stuff going on, and it's pretty big and it's pretty heavy and it's really affecting me, so I just really need you to know. And my relationship completely changed with him after that. Thankfully, you know, I had a boss that was willing to listen. So I think that, although it's hard, I think we, we sort of have to be honest too and, and, and leave this facade of perfectionism, you know.
1: Yeah, I think that's really nice having the vulnerability to, to have that conversation and open up on what, what's really going on. And, and a lot of us hide, like you said, behind the I'm a good girl and I'm here at work and I do all these things and I can, I'm superwoman, I can do it all. But actually, you know, you know, tough things happen and we need to have these conversations in the workplace. And and this brings me on to one of Karen's favorite subjects of psychological safety at, at work, right? And and making sure Absolutely. that you you can you can.
2: And have these conversations. Uh, that is so, so true. And that doesn't always happen.
3: No, you're absolutely right. And you know, when you were just chatting then and, and sort of slightly building what Davina was trying was saying there, I have two slightly disparate questions, but I'm gonna just throw them at you because nobody else uh-huh. forget. One was that. Uh, Actually, when you were talking, both you and Divine were talking about um, women. What I also noticed with a lot of my female clients who are working to come back to work, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many emotions about having had children, you know, all the way from uh, there's a perception that bosses see them as like some child factory, like, oh, she's only going to come back because that was her first, you know. So there's there's all that judgment already um and then equally there's judgment at home going okay when am I getting my second you know or grandchild or whatever you know and there's that there is sometimes that whole managing actually your relationship with your partner at home for example and sometimes they are not necessarily as supportive of you going back to work weirdly enough and then you know there's also that whole okay even if that's all rosy A lot of women um, that I've worked with who said, you know, shall I come back for say three days a week because I'd like to spend more time at home with my child. Um, But what I've noticed with a lot of them is that they said, actually the reality is, is that I'm doing exactly the same job, but in three days. And so now I've basically taken a pay cut. Yeah. I'm just as stressed as before. And, um, you know, it's it. there's this sort of very kind of unbalanced thing going on. So I have sort of that question around any advice or how do you manage that? And then, you know, following on from that, both of you um, talked a lot about essentially, you know, the, the suffering and, and the, the, you know, kind of having to pretend, etc. cetera. So the question to kind of follow on from that is how do we help parents be more resilient? So I know they're sort of slightly linked, but not quite. So I'm sorry. No, I them. love it. Robin. I got it. I got
2: it. <laughs> I think the first thing that we all need to embrace is that it's temporary. I think that is the first thing first, right? That these big emotions that maybe we feel after you know coming back to work. I personally, I don't know if I should admit it. I remember the first day I went back to work, I was so happy to go to work. I was I was on the highway going to my office, I had my music blaring. I was like, yes, finally I'm free. Terrible, right? I know. And that is not what I expected. And I know I say terrible, but no judgment to myself. Like I just I had a really hard time you know, being a mom for the first time, again, that's what brought me to this work. But um, so those big emotions are real. It's hard. It's hard. You know, there is no relationship like that where you have this beautiful child and they come from you and maybe you've adopted. Maybe there's another way you've had a child, whatever it is, that is a, a, a very deep, deep relationship and it is emotional and that's okay. Be emotional. It's okay. You know, and maybe it doesn't mean that you're crying at your desk. Maybe what you do is you take, you take time. You decide that, okay, you know, I'm going to take a 15 minute break from two to two and I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to miss my baby. I'm going to, you know, do those things. And then I'm going to, I'm going to honor those feelings, right? Not push them down, honor them. Say, you know what? It is hard. I miss my baby like crazy. And I'm here at work now. And now that I got it out, I can I can be fine. And again, it's temporary. It's not always going to be like that, right? And, you know, the same thing with your partner. I think that this is all a part of the ebb and flow of life that, you know, uh, my husband and I have been together. We've been married for 18 years, but we've been you know, we've known each other more than half of our lives now. And so I do remember, you know, how, how we were at the beginning of our marriage and then how we were like two ships passing in the night. It was like very like, okay, I got this, you got this, you go there, I go there, you got the sandwich, I've got the, you know, the, the crackers, you know, like it was just like very, uh, transactional with our relationship but then it gets better, right? So you sort of have to embrace, okay. And I I love the idea of seasons. Like this is just a season we're in right now and that's okay too. It doesn't mean it's going to be forever. And that's what we do in our parenting. When we see behavior we don't like, that's what we do, you know, maybe with our spouses is that like, uh uh-oh, is it gonna be like this forever? And we just need to say, okay, this is what it is now. You know, can I change it? Do I need to change it? Is this just survival for me right now? Whatever it is, right? And and know that that's a, that's a normal part of, um, of life. And especially as you're growing a family. Um, and then you said part-time. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> Unless you really, really know. Unless you have really good... Examples in your company already of people time sharing uh, or job sharing, I should say, then I wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I, but I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want anyone to, you just go in with an open, really with your eyes wide open, because it's so true. Most of us who are professionals and I'm sure both you Davina and Karen are the same way, like you're go-getters, you're doing this because you, you do like to work. You, you feel, uh, appreciation. And that's one thing that I'll say is that as, as a mom who, who has always worked while I've been a mom, I love working because it gives me, uh, validation you know, it makes me feel smart and in control and powerful and like a leader. And I don't always feel that way at home when my kids aren't listening to me and I have a million things to do. And by the way, parenting is one of those equalizers. You can be a CEO or you can be in the mailroom, but if you uh, both have kids, you're dealing with the same stuff at home, no matter what. So you're both walking in with spit up on your shoulder and all of that stuff, right? So it it's it is you know we're all experiencing those things. So um, so anyway, yeah, I would go in with an open, really with your eyes wide open, and and make sure you are really really clear. And you have to have boundaries. We have to have boundaries for everything. And that includes when we end our work day. And I, and I, I wanna just t- t- go on a little bit of a tangent, Karen, just really quickly, because what I wanna say is that when we decide what time we're gonna be done, there is Parkinson's law that says that I will get done What I need to get done in as much time as I give myself. So in other words, if I was to prepare for this, this talk that you that we're doing today, uh, you know we I've known for weeks that we're going to do it and I could do it earlier or I could just do it all the day before, you know, in the hours before, whatever it is, right? So the the task will, ex- the time needed for a task will expand to the time that you need it. So when you say, I've got to go at 4.15 today, by o'clock, you're like, okay, I better hustle and better focus to get done what I need to get done. So it actually makes you more productive. So know that. That's having a set time is really important. And then, you know, one thing that I teach parents is how to transition from home or sorry, from work to their home, to their family. So they don't bring that stress with them, which is a which is a key thing that I do when I work with companies and I work with wellness programs and that sort of thing as well. So those things are really key. So that's part of how you build resilience with parents is having those boundaries where you say, I work until this time not going to apologize for it because I'm bringing my all to this job. And when I'm done, I'm done. Right. And maybe you, you have an arrangement where you work a couple hours later. Right. I would always go back I personally, would go back to my computer when the kids were done, just check a couple of emails, do a couple of things, and then, you know, be done for the end of the night. But in order to be resilient at work and at home, have that boundary. And then when you transition, uh, I'll just explain a little bit how you would transition. And that is to First, before you you go to your home, maybe you're sitting in your garage. Maybe you are in your office and, and the family's just in the next room, depending on how your work situation is. But I want you to check in with yourself first. Like, how am I feeling right now? Am I feeling agitated? Am I feeling silly? Am I feeling energized? Am I feeling exhausted? And not judge it. Just notice it. What is going on with me? notice it, name it, if you can, right, try to name it, you know, where is it happening in your body, and then you, you honor it, say, okay, that's what I'm feeling, and just the act of doing that, it actually sends a message to the part of your brain that's activated, the amygdala, and it says, okay, that's, I'm going to calm it down because I know it. I've honored it. I've, I've I've accepted it. And it really is, it's called name it to tame it, where the left side of your brain releases soothing neurotransmitters to your amygdala to help you calm down. And then the next step is for you to set an intention for you to say, okay, my intention is to not let my day impact the time with my kids. My intention is to listen more to my kids instead of lecturing, or my intention is to be Present with them. And here's what I'll say when it comes to being present and Davina, I'm sure, you know, being a meditation teacher, you, you recognize that we still have thoughts all the time, right? Whether we're meditating or whatever. Right. And so one of the things that I do, and I have these, I have these little pads of paper here. So if, if I am really wanting to be intentional and have a really intentional conversation with my child, and I am trying to really listen to them I've still got thoughts of work coming through to my head. Thoughts of like what I need for groceries, like, oh shoot, that's right. I got to call the dentist, right? And so I just have this little pad of paper and I'll just jot it down as we're talking, you know, just so I don't forget. It it reduces my anxiety so that I don't have to be like, oh, what was that thing? What was that thing? What was that thing? And then I'm going to be you know, mad at myself because I can't remember it, whatever. And it's not a phone, which is important, right? But it just allows you to get back into what is happening right in front of you, right? Because we don't have the past, we don't have the future, all we have is right now, right? So so really setting that intention and then being with your kids and, and that is really gonna help you set up a r- really more harmony and less stress. Because again, when you bring your stress to your family, they will feel it, and your kids turn it into behavior that you want to change, and then you're just passing it back and forth, and it's really hard to end. And so, um, you know, I, I sort of mentioned it before, like when we build resilience for parents too. You know, in the workplace, there is the workplace piece where we, you know, recognize that that parents are at a, at a certain stage. You know, they may need some grace and flexibility and transparency, but at, at home. You know, the job that we do as parents, I will argue, especially in my line of work, is the most important job that we do. But we do this job with no formal training, with no education. You know, you think of how long you studied for the jobs that you have. And we do this with our kids with no help, right? No real training. And we think that we should be perfect. And we think we should know the answers and we don't. So I think a really big part of building resilience for parents is admitting, look, I I don't know how to do this. I do need some help and, and knowing that it's okay. And what I offer is just, let me just explain to you why your kids act that way. Here's how you communicate differently and you get different results. It's not that hard. We just need to understand what's going on with our kids and how to connect with them so that we get what we want. And so there's more harmony in our home. It's really not even that difficult, but it doesn't come naturally to us because there are things that are based in science and research that we just don't know about and once we do, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Now I don't have to be so angry. I don't have to be so triggered, right? I love that. I once uh, had a client.
1: Uh, he was a father and he had a very, very stressful finance job and he spent 50% of his time traveling. And when he was traveling, he was always thinking about his kids, feeling guilty about his kids. And then he would be at home for these like precious weekends and then he'd be thinking about work. Oh, I should be doing more work. I, I need to be the best, you know, finance type uh, A, also a very driven person. And I said, you know, what do you think your purpose is in life? And he was like, oh, I don't know. I haven't discovered it yet. You know, this whole philosophy. And I always like to tell people, your purpose is whatever you're doing right now. This is the present moment. When you're with your kids, that's your purpose. When you're watching the distance, that's your purpose. When you're at work with a big client, that's your purpose in the present moment. So I love that you bring parents and just keep reminding them that be present, right? Be in the present moment. Uh, to your kids, to your work, to whatever it is that you're doing, and that's enough, right, as well.
2: That's right. This, this moment is the only moment you have. So this is the most important thing. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Instead of going off somewhere, finding purpose up a mountain, you know, all these people that go like, oh, I'm going to climb all these mountains. I'll go find myself there. But You're not going to find it there. You're going to find it now. Yeah. It's here.
2: yeah. 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 And how sad is that, that you never get to enjoy what's right in front of you, that yeah. when you're at work, you're thinking of home, when you're at home, you're thinking of work. How sad is that? No. And then you're going to be 80 and be like, I miss my life. Where do I have? Yeah. Life? Well, how come nobody likes me? (laughs) yeah and and really we want to have relationships with our kids not just for the 18 years you know give or take that they're home with us we want to have it for a lifetime and this is this is how we do it right by the way we communicate with them and parent them and and are in the moment with them
1: We don't have much time left, Robin, but I I did want to dive into, um, you know, a topic that is very, very important to everybody and it's mental health. So whether it's mental health parents or mental health of children, but I think the mental health of children has been really impacted during the last 18 months. Um, In Asia, you know, there's a huge stigma about mental health might be very different to maybe in Canada where we're based, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been one of the most challenging things I found with parent friends and clients and people I speak to is the mental health of their own children and the mental health of the children around them, right? Everyone is suffering. So it's almost like you know, huge impact. And, and a lot of these children are not even teenagers yet. They're the kind of seven to plus, you know, they're kind of old enough to know what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. but not, not old enough to, you know, put it into context maybe. Mm -hmm. How are you advising parents? How are you getting them to interact? Like, what are the things parents can do to support their children with mental health and well-being you
2: You know, it's such a good question. And look, I have two kids that have some mental health struggles themselves. So I know it and I'm living it. And I also have uh, friends and family that, that have some, some that are facing some of the same issues too. And what I can tell you from my own experience, from all of the experts that I've spoken to through my podcast that I have called Parenting Our Future. And and I'm talking about experts that talk about things like suicide, talk about um, kids who are addicted, kids who are even addicted to pornography or, or different things like that. It all comes down to the connection that they have with their parents. And so you can help your kids. And maybe that that means that they still see a a counselor or a therapist if they're really struggling. But the most important thing for them is to be seen and heard by their parents and to have a strong connection. Because if, you know, (laughs) there's a, there's a, a, a saying that I like that if you're not there for the broken toy moments, they won't come to you for the broken heart moments. And we have to realize that as our kids get older, the stakes get higher. And so what we need to do is we need to talk a lot less and we need to listen a lot more as our kids grow. We need to solicit more ideas and thoughts from them. And we need to really, really listen to them. And we need them to see that we are a pillar of support for them, no matter what. What I believe is that we need to build relationships built on mutual trust and respect. And on understanding and on communication so that your kids know that you are the trusted person in their lives. And when they make a mistake, which they will, because they're human and we're all human and we all make mistakes, that you are not there to judge them or criticize them, put them down, you know, say I told you so punish them, right? You are just there to say, you know what, how are we going to work this out? Right? How are we going to work this out together? How can I support you? How can I help you? I love you no matter what, and we need to we need to figure this out together. And I'm here for you. That is that is really number one in helping your kids. And you that connection allows you to see something's going on with them. You know, a lot of times parents will say, "Well, I had no idea," right? Well, you know, we've got to build that connection, and that starts at an early age, and that starts you know, with with not taking their behavior personally, right? That starts with you, you know, understanding that they can't really communicate their feelings and needs to us. And so when it comes out as mom, I hate you, or dad, you're the worst, we go, okay, well, hang on, you know, how come, right? And it's not it's not personal, it's not an attack. So, you know, that's really important. And I think we also have to model it. You know, one of the things that I teach parents to do is to to really model living, the language, living and demonstrating the language of feelings and needs, you know, for for me to say, you know what, to my kids, like, I know I look upset, I am upset, you know, I've been crying, and, and it has nothing to do with you, you know, mom's just having a hard day, and I need to go and just have some quiet time by myself, right, those are, you know, what I'm feeling, it's what I'm needing, and you go and you show them that. Right. You know, and I I can tell you experiences where, where one time my son, I was really upset and he had done something that really, really upset me. And he's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, not ready to forgive him yet. (laughs) To be honest, it was, it was, it was quite horrendous. And he's like, no mom, I'm going to do what you do. And I said, okay. And he said, mom, tell me what you're feeling. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling, you know, blah, blah. And he's like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was just like, it's so adorable because you're growing adults who are emotionally intelligent when you can do that, right? And so they can, and then when you see, you know, when you see them withdrawing and you see things happening with them that, that could be a red flag, you know, hey, I can go to you and I know that you know that you can trust me. Uh, and it feels really good. It feels really good as a mom of teenagers who have had some big things go on in their lives and for them to come to me, you know, even to say to me, like, I don't tell dad even, you know, that, that's, that's huge, right? And they know they're respected and loved and deeply loved. And those are those core basic human needs that really help us to, to know that you're loved unconditionally, to to have connection, to have empathy, to have appreciation for not something you earn, but just for who you are, you know, all of those things make a difference in our mental well-being, our physical well-being as well. So I hope that answers your question. I know that was a big, long roundabout way of saying it, but I, I, I feel really passionate about that connection piece.
1: was fantastic Robin it definitely did answer answer my question and um unfortunately we're running out of time and I always like to finish these sessions with a mindful moment and given that we've been talking about mindfulness throughout the entire session and how important it is to be present I feel like we just need to take a few minutes before the hour is up just to integrate some of the amazing insights and lessons that you've shared and case studies examples so and if you don't mind we'll we'll do a quick meditation and then I'll wrap up, and then that will be us. I love that. All right. So, wherever you are, that might be seated at your chair, or maybe you're in bed listening to this, or maybe in the car. So, maybe you don't close your eyes if you're driving in the car. But just begin to notice your body. Where is your body? Notice the feet, where you're seated. And maybe you could just shrug the shoulders up to your ears and just let them drop back. Just Notice if there's any tension in the shoulders and also the jaws. Often we find ourselves clenching our teeth unknowingly. It becomes super present to what's going on in the body right now. Maybe there's an ache or pain or... Maybe there's sweaty palms or your heartbeats racing a little bit. Now begin to notice the breath, gentle rise and fall of the breath as you breathe. Notice how the ribcage and belly expand on each inhale. Maybe you could try to extend your exhale. If you take a few deep breaths, slowing everything down, relaxing the nervous system, and becoming super present. theres a There's been a lot of information over the last one hour. And now we're just going to invite your mind to throw up something. What's the one thing that you Remember or want to take away from today's session. Just trust that whatever your mind throws up is the most important part for you to remember for now. There's a recording, you can always go back and watch again and take some notes. But for now, just that one thing, begin to visualize you maybe putting that into practice. Maybe it's a conversation. Someone, partner, your kids, your boss, your family. Or maybe it's to put something into your routine, some self-care, some strategies that you've learned from today's session. Whatever it is, just imagine you going out into the world and and enacting on something that you've learned today. And how does it feel to to do that? And slowly, slowly begin to bring yourself back. Back to the present moment, your body and mind gently blinking your eyes open and closed a few times. Coming back to your wide awake and alert state. So, with that, Robin, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, share so many insights on this really magical topic that uh, is so important to so many people. And, like you said, We don't get lessons in this and and you're our expert here on this. So so thank you so much for for being part of this conversation. And uh, you're on Instagram, right? Is it at Robin McMahon is your handle?
2: I'm at Robin McMahon underscore parent coach. Yes.
1: <laughs> and your book is available on your website and Amazon and all kind of major you places.
2: You can get it. Yeah, you can get it at my website and also at yellingcurebook.com. Um, okay. Okay. But I yeah. want to say to you both, thank you so much for inviting me, but also thank you for the work that you're doing what you're doing is so important now today's day and age and you know thank you for acknowledging that the parents in the in these groups you know have been hit really hard and that you know they do need to be nurtured and recognized as well so i just want to say thank you so much i think that means a lot to parents
1: yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. Um, thank you. I think bringing parent food into the corporate wellness space is so so important, and uh, people can learn so much uh, from you. And and it's it, it's it's pretty much like you said. You bring yourself to work, but you're also bringing everything else that comes with that the, the whole baggage. So you best uh, you best support that the, the organization best begin to support that the best they can. Yeah. yeah. And Karen, thank you for staying up so late in the UK. It's uh, I think 1 am, 2 am now. Oh my
2: goodness,
3: it's 2, it's two am, oh. but listen, looking, it's looking good. Um, no, no problem at all. Thank you, Robin. Um, I just found that just so enjoyable, even though it's quite a tough topic. Um, but I found it really enjoyable. And Davina, to your point about uh, the meditation, what's the one thing I can take away is I just think to also partly to celebrate World Kindness Day is actually some compassion from absolutely everybody, but also to yourself would probably change the message just generally all around for everybody and really shift conversations. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from today's conversation actually. Wow.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Karen. And I forgot, you're right. It was World Kindness Day today. So yes, uh,
2: uh, that's great. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me. You gave me chills, Karen. That was beautiful. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no problem thank you and thanks everybody for showing up i hope you enjoy yeah it. thank you, thank you.